What specifically would you do that you aren't currently able to because your health condition is holding you back? Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified health coach, Sydney Torres. I speak with other health and wellness warriors who share the same passion, wellness for all. We chat all things A to Z, providing holistic and science-based solutions to help you reclaim your health so you can live, feel, and transform into the best version of you. If you don't have your health, then what do you have? The first step is up to you. I release new episodes every Wednesday. Hope to see you inside. Hello and welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I am your certified health coach and host, Sydney Torres. In today's episode, it's about stress and mindfulness. Our special guest is Rachel Posner. She's a yoga therapist and a mindfulness coach who helps people reduce their stress, build resilience so they can thrive. She uses personalized mindfulness techniques, neuroscience, and psychology in her teachings to connect the mind, body, and the brain. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Sydney? I'm doing great. I just want to say thank you so much for bringing awareness to stress and mindfulness. I think this topic is something that needs to be spoken about more, especially with the climate of the world. I think the listeners listening are going to really benefit from what you share. Thank you so much. Welcome. I'm, I'm so happy to be here today. Before we get started, I always like to start by just hearing your story, how you got to where you are now. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> that's a loaded <laughs> question because I'm kind of old. <laughs> I've been in this um I've been in this field for over 20 years, and it's a pretty um, sort of organic flow how I got here. I started, I I guess it started by when I got a master's in counseling, although even before that I was doing, I was in social work. Um, But I've always just had a a pull towards helping, um, what would I say, helping people feel good, I guess, is the best way I would, I would put it. And I've always been aware of just how much um, stress our culture puts us in, even if we're not having a really stressful experience, just being around people who are stressed out is stressful on top of what we're already carrying. Um, so I guess um, just to go back a little bit, I started with a master's in counseling and was really aware right away of how much um, we need to involve the body in a therapeutic experience, but I didn't really get that training in my master's. So I became a yoga instructor and then I studied yoga therapy because I wanted to sort of blend counseling and um, not so much yoga, but an orientation to the body as uh, kind of an essential piece of any kind of healing. Um, and, you know, that just evolved and evolved and evolved. 20 years later, I'm a yoga therapist and a mindfulness coach. And my main focus is just helping people individualize their practices. Because I think that sometimes um, we kind of see a kind of one size fits all solution 
to stress, which doesn't actually exist, but we're looking for like, what's the one thing I can do to feel better. And the truth is the only way to feel better is to get really aware of why you don't feel good and then create practices that help you on your path to healing. So I guess that's a sort of rambling answer to your question. It's hard to sum up 20 years, but here's where we are. Oh, you, you did a really, really, really good job on that. So I want to start off by talking about mindfulness. Could you, for those listening out there, could you just kind of give a quick definition of what it means to be mindful? Yes, that's such a good question because I think there's a thousand definitions out there, but the simplest answer is paying attention to the present moment without judgment. So when we check in, we generally are paying attention to the past or the future and we're worried and we're creating stress and anxiety around what has already happened or what might happen and we don't even know if it will happen yet. So we create a lot of stress that doesn't really have all that much to do with what's happening right now. So when we can pause to pay attention to this moment, not that there isn't ever anything that could be challenging in this moment, but it's not layered with past and future. So we can often lower our stress level just by actually letting go of all those thoughts that we're ruminating around and noticing what's happening right now. Right now I'm sitting on a chair. Right now I'm talking to you. I'm having a pleasant conversation. I'm feeling connected to another human. I have a comfy sweater on. Like all of that information can actually help to calm us down and to help us to see that um, we're safer than we thought. Like, yeah. So there's, there you go. That's mindfulness. You said when you were given the definition of mindfulness, you said being in the present moment. I know so many people, the majority of our thoughts seem to lie in the past. Hmm. How, what would be some good ways to kind of pull somebody out of that past thinking more into the present moment? Yeah, that's a really good question. So there's lots and lots of practices and we can explore some together that help us come into the present. Using your senses really helps you come into the present. So if you catch yourself, you find yourself just spinning, ruminating around a past event or something we're concerned about that's happening later. If you can bring yourself into this moment, um, there's a lot of ways to do that. One, notice your senses. What are the smells, the tastes, the sounds, the textures around you? Notice your physical body and the sensations in the body. So, so often when we're in the past or the future, we're not aware of our physical body. We're pretty much checked out. And sometimes for all kinds of reasons, we can, some of us tend to dissociate more where we, um, where we don't actually feel that comfortable in our physical body. So we want to get out of it. And sometimes there is pain in the physical body that is distressful, but more often it's because we're uncomfortable, we're distressed, we're stressed out, we're anxious. And so the tendency can be like to pop out of the body, whether it's by scrolling, whether it's by comfort eating, like there's a million things we do that take us out of our body. But the way to get into it is super simple, just to notice what you notice. Can you feel your feet on the floor? Can you feel your hands? Sometimes when you first start these kinds of practices, it can be kind of stressful because we're not, if you're not used to being in your body, it can feel like, oh, I I don't know if I really want to be here. So finding a simple thing like 
where do I feel neutral? Where do I feel no pain? What maybe even feels pleasant? You know, giving yourself like a very gentle stretch that feels good and really asking yourself to pay attention to the sensation of the stress of the stretch. That's one of many ways that you can get into this present moment. But what I always suggest is find something that feels neutral or pleasant because the tendency is if I feel something that's distressing, if I feel something uncomfortable, I don't want to feel that. And so if you can notice an opposite feeling, okay, my hip hurts a little bit, or I'm having a little bit of trouble breathing deeply, I feel kind of shallow. What's an opposite sensation? Oh, my shoulder actually feels just fine. Or, oh, when I do this just gentle movement, that feels kind of good. These are ways that kind of welcome us back into the body and being in the body is being in the present moment. Oh, I like that. Those are really good tips. Um, you know, I like how you said just doing the opposite mm-hmm. and these it's really simple, easy things that we can do. But I think a big part of it is just really honing in on that awareness. Yeah. Because I think once we're aware, then it will be easier for us to pop back into our bodies. For sure. Developing a comfort with getting back into the body, developing just a couple simple practices. Like for some people, breathing is the key. For other people, breathing can feel anxiety producing, especially if you're used to taking a really shallow breath. Somebody suddenly telling you to just relax, take a diaphragmatic breath, take a long exhale. Those things can be really tough if that's not our natural breath rhythm. So I think it's super important to just find what works for you. Some people love paying attention to sounds. It's a little bit safer sometimes for the body, especially if we've had some trauma and we're working through that. Being right in sensations in the body isn't necessarily the place to start. So coming into kind of those external sensations, what are the sounds around me? What's the temperature like? These are kind of um, more neutral bodily experiences then say coming right into the heart space. Oh yeah, just come into the heart space and relax. Well, that can be a really difficult thing depending on what's happening in our lives. So um, coming into a sensory experience of the body can be a little bit safer sometimes. Can you speak on ways how to dissolve stress by regulating the nervous system? Yes, I would love to. Um, okay, so just a sort of nervous system one-on-one. Some of you might already know all this, so I'll be super fast. But basically your nervous system is, your brain is having a conversation with your body and continually assessing, are we safe? Is everything okay? And your nervous system says, okay, I see a threat. And when there's a threat, it gives you some support to deal with that threat. So just the the most kind of common example is the tiger, right? If there's a tiger in front of you, that's a threat. It's a life-threatening situation. And what do you need? You need to either run or fight. And so your nervous system gives you adrenaline and cortisol. It turns all of that on so that you can respond to the situation. The problem is that oftentimes we see stressors around us and um, the brain sort of sees those threats as life-threatening. They're not life-threatening, right? Your kid not being able to find their shoe and you're late for the meeting, not life-threatening. Stressful, absolutely not life-threatening. Um, you know, so many of the things that we're sort of bombarded with, it's, it's, it feels life-threatening because we're just stressed out and we're kind of at a tipping point. So our nervous system goes, we should run 
or we should fight. And it gives us adrenaline and cortisol, which raises our heartbeat, which gives us um, this kind of super focus. So we don't have the big picture basically so that we can respond to the situation. And because we're constantly getting tipped into that response, we're constantly feeling overstressed and overreacting to the situation. We don't see the situation clearly, right? When we're at like on a scale of one to 10, when you're at a seven, you're not seeing the situation clearly. And um, so what we need to do is calm the nervous system, bring it back to homeostasis, get rid of all those stress hormones so that we can feel calm, healthy. And, um, and in our culture, oftentimes we're sort of tipped into that over um, stimulated place a lot. So there's all kinds of things that we can do to come back to homeostasis. And those are some of the things that we've already mentioned. When we're aware of what's happening in our body, when we're meeting the needs of our physical body, when we're taking a deep diaphragmatic breath, all those things help bring us into homeostasis. So when I say homeostasis, I'm talking about your rest and digest system or your parasympathetic system. It's the place where you feel calm and at peace and like you can handle your day. So the more things that we do to turn on the parasympathetic system, the stronger that system gets. And the more things that we do to turn on that sympathetic or fight flight system, the stronger that system gets. And what we're trying to do is kind of preference as often as we can that rest and digest system. So we don't get so easily tipped into that fight or flight response. It's that thing of the more you get tipped, the more you get tipped into that response. So we want to really consciously, mindfully build up that rest and digest system. So we're not as easily dysregulated. I agree. So many people seem to be um, stuck in that fight mode. They get stuck in it so much and it becomes such a part of your regular day and routine that it's normalized. So just being able to break that cycle of getting out of that fight or flight. Yeah, it's huge. It's true. And if you're living at a five all day long, that five probably feels like a one to you. You know, we just get so used to how we feel. And if we have a lot of stress, we get used to feeling that way. And we don't realize that we are in that sort of low level fight or flight place all the time. So the stress just keeps building and building and we keep feeling less and less well as a result. Right. So what would, um, kind of like a follow-up question to that, what would be the difference between stress and stressors? That's such a great question. So um, stressors are just all the things that come at us all day long. Stress is a physiological experience in your body. So there might be days, probably there are days when you wake up and you've had a really good night's sleep and you feel really great and you have your day sort of organized for you and you feel like I can just handle all of this and a stressor, a stressor, a stressor, they keep sort of coming, but you're at a two, you're at a three you're taking breaks, you're having snacks, <laughs> you're fed, you've gone to the bathroom, like you're just taking care of your body in that way. And you're kind of able to handle those stressors. They feel more like challenges. Oh, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm in a calm place. I've got it. You could have another day where you have a bad night's sleep. Um, 
you know, <laughs> the people that you're taking care of in your household are late. They're also having all their own bad days. Already it's like nine o'clock and you're at a five. This is one of those days where everything is going to be stressful, where you're going to have a physiological stress experience, where you're going to move into fight or flight because you're just a little bit too overwhelmed. You didn't have a good breakfast. Like all the things that we do to take care of our bodies have a big impact on our nervous system. So if we're kind of keeping ourselves in a good place, then stressors feel challenging. Sometimes stressors are so big that they tip us over or we haven't been taking care of our body all day. We've been like kind of just a little bit behind and playing catch up all day. We get tipped over into the stress response. So a stressor doesn't have to cause a stress experience in the body. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. I want to ask you, what are some of like your favorite ways when you are feeling stressed? What do you do to relieve that? Um, so for me, breath is really, really key. Um, there's an automatic response that happens when you take a diaphragmatic breath, which just means you're feeling the belly expand. So even as we're talking right now, if you place one hand on your belly and one hand on your heart, or even on the top of your shoulder, you'll notice one moves more than the other. If you tend to take a really short, shallow breath, your shoulders move a little bit more on the top of the breath. If you tend to use your diaphragm to breathe, you'll feel the belly or kind of the low sides expand a little bit as you breathe in. So as soon as you use your diaphragm, your diaphragm is connected to your vagus nerve. Like another way of saying that parasympathetic response or that calming response, that turns on when we use the diaphragm. And when we take a long exhale, that also helps to boost that parasympathetic response. So for me, if I'm feeling really stressed, if I can give myself just two minutes to take a inhale into the belly and then a long exhale, if I can do that for two minutes, I will definitely get calmer. There will be a physiological response. So the reason that I'm so interested in working and and wanting to help people in working with the body practices is that And, you know, I like in the therapeutic setting, of course, to also talk about our feelings and our thoughts, but our feelings and our thoughts don't have a, um, as sort of quick, uh, as quick of a way to connect with that nervous system response. So coming into a bodily practice will be quicker and more helpful when we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So the breath is a good one, making sure you're taking a diaphragmatic breath or a belly breath and then a long exhale, exhale at least as long as the inhale up to twice as long. And that's a super quick fix. But for some people, again, if you're feeling really short of breath, or if you're feeling anxious or panicky, then expecting yourself to take a belly breath can actually produce more anxiety. So that's my go-to and that belly breath with a long exhale. But for people who tend to have a lot of anxiety and breathing can be hard, whatever you can do to get grounded, It can sound silly, but if you could give yourself a two minute break, stomp your feet on the floor, stretch your hands really wide and then make fists like any, anything that's super physical and that helps you to drop into the support beneath you. Like the earth is always beneath you. There's always a chair. There's always a place where you can feel your body settle into. And that's really helpful. It is. And going back to the diaphragmatic breath. 
that was something when I was going through my schooling that we learned. And I did not realize breathing through the diaphragm, you really have to think about it. And once I started to do it, it made me realize I was a shallow breather. And just like you said, like placing the hand um, across, like on top of your heart and the other one on your belly, just to feel the rise up and down, that helped me a lot. So I think anybody listening, just give it a try and see how that works for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that is fun to do is just set a one minute timer and notice how many times you breathe in a minute. So most people breathe more than 12 times in a minute. That's not a lot of time for an in and an out breath. So if you're breathing, I would say even 10, more than 10 times a minute, um, it's too many breaths. And when I say too many breaths, if you're breathing that many times in a minute, we know that it's a shallow breath. It can't get, your breath can't get all the way down into the lower third of your lungs. If you're breathing shallowly, if you're taking that many breaths. So um, just using that as a guideline, if just every couple of hours, at least when you're first trying this, if you haven't tried this before, if every couple of hours, you give yourself a minute and count your breaths and the simplicity of just slowing down the breath, even if you can't sort of figure out like what's a diaphragmatic breath and am I getting this down into the lower third of the lungs? Like, don't worry about that. Just take fewer breaths a minute and that will force you into diaphrag- a diaphragmatic breath. I like that. I like that. So how can people individualize their mindfulness practices that meets their particular needs? Mm -hmm. So a big piece of it is to kind of figure out why you're stressed, like what the underlying stressor is, right? Not the, I burnt the dinner or like not the, um, my daughter forgot her homework and I have to turn around and go back to school again and make myself a little bit later. So those are stressors, but underneath those stressors, like, like I said, some of those days, those things feel like a really big deal. And sometimes they don't. So the question is, why don't they on any given day? Sometimes it has to do with lots of limiting self-beliefs. I have a presentation I have to give and I'm spinning around the fact that I'm not smart enough or not creative enough or not whatever enough. Um, a limiting self-belief is a particular thing that you could work with in a practice. Um, that's a little bit too extensive to go into today, but I want to just give you some examples. Um, sometimes we're beating ourselves up a lot. So uh, self-compat, like with limiting self-beliefs. So a self-compassion practice can be really helpful. Just sitting with the feeling of being on your own side. Um, I can go into any of these in in. Um, uh, a little bit more extensively, but just to give you some ideas when you're noticing, why am I stressed? Did you sleep well? Um, have you been sitting at your chair or in front of your computer for too long? Are you thirsty? Do you have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know, we all do these things where we just avoid taking care of our physical needs because we're in the thick of it and we feel like it'll take too much time. And that alone can build up a lot of stress. So oftentimes I will guide people through a kind of a check-in and that check-in asks you to notice how you're breathing, what's happening in your physical body, what kinds of thoughts are you having, what kind of mood are you in? You could do this honestly in like three minutes, but just to sit with this experience of what am I actually noticing? That check-in will give you so much information around what's happening and why you're stressed. 
And then once you understand that, then you can start to individualize your practices. Do I need to do a breathing practice? Do I need some self-compassion? Do I realize like I've just been sitting still for too long and I need to roll out a yoga mat and do five minutes or do jumping jacks for five minutes because I'm feeling super fatigued. But where it starts is the mindfulness piece where it starts is just checking in and noticing like really what's on the table here. Because when we're spinning, when we're stressed, we're really not all that aware of what's going on underneath, you know, beneath the surface. We're just spinning around the stressor. Yeah. I like to check in That's something that can be really, really helpful because I know that's something that I have to work on myself because like you said, you're in the thick of it. You want to finish it. I've got so much to do today. I can't take five minutes, 10 minutes to myself, but in the long run, you're, you end up hurting yourself. And if you were just to take that, like you said, two, three minutes, check in, what do I need? Do I need breathing? Do I need stretching right now? That's going to help you be more productive and accomplish more throughout your day. For sure. You definitely save time in the long run. If you give yourself a few three minute pauses throughout the day, and that seems like nothing, right? As we're talking, you're like, three minutes, a few times a day, it, it isn't a lot of time, but still we just get wrapped up in the importance of whatever we're doing and we don't allow it. Um, but we'll save time in the long run for sure. We'll be more productive and do things better when we just give ourselves extra breaks. Yes. No. Would you mind maybe doing like a short little, maybe two to three minutes, um, like meditation for those listening? Sure. I'd love to. Um, I will do, I'll do a check-in. We're talking about check-ins. So let's bring ourselves through a short check-in and um, everybody that's listening, if you can just give yourself a moment to either close your eyes or lower your gaze, it's not important that your eyes are closed unless that's really helpful for you in noticing what's happening inside. It is for me. For some people, closing eyes can feel anxiety producing. So no need to do that. Just turn away from whatever's in front of you that could be a distraction around noticing what's going on. So settle into whatever shape you're in. You don't have to shift shapes. You could be standing up, you could be laying down, you could be in your chair. That's really important to just know wherever you are, you could check in. And feel the, um, feel the parts of your body that are in contact with support right? Whether that's your hips, your feet, your back, just notice yourself dropping into that support. There's that way we kind of hold ourselves up. See if you can let that chair or that bed or that floor support you for a moment here. So you don't have to work so hard or engage those muscles so much. And then notice your physical body. Notice things like, am I thirsty? Am I hungry? Are there places that hurt? Are there places that feel good? Just what's happening physically. Notice your energy body. Sometimes I think energy body is kind of like our nervous system. So on a scale of one to 10, how stressed do you feel? On a scale of one to 10, how much energy do you have? And again, there's no right or wrong. There's no judgment. You're just noticing. Notice what kind of mood you're in. The 
Um, any particular thoughts that are swimming around your head? And then just give yourself five breaths and make the breath as slow as you can. So a long inhale and a long exhale. And notice what, if anything, stands out about your physical body, your breathing, your thoughts, your stress level. Just notice if anything stood out for you. And given what you noticed, is there anything you need? Is there anything you could do to act on what you just noticed, to respond, whether that's right now or two hours from now. Just kind of clue into whether your body is asking for something. And then make a kind of internal agreement to do it. Again, that might be something you have to do today. Maybe it's just a conversation you need to have with someone. Maybe there's like something in the background that's been bugging you, this conflict that's unresolved, or maybe it's just having a good lunch, just to kind of make an internal agreement and to act on what you received. And there's a way that when you start to respond, you start to build more trust between your body and your mind, like both understand, okay, we're actually gonna start to take care of each other when we say we're gonna do this one thing and that's why I say this one thing, don't make it something giant. You don't have to agree to go to the gym every day this week. Just agree to give yourself a good lunch or have a conversation that needs to be had. Whatever was coming up for you, find one small way to act on it. And that's it. That's the check-in. Do that a few times a day and start to build this body-mind relationship where you act on the things that you really need. Thank you for that. That was, that was really lovely. And I like what you said about the internal agreement. Mm. It, that can be very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have one final question for you. That question is one thing somebody can do for their health. Um, I like, I always come back to be on your own side. That I think, especially when we're having, if we're having health issues, there's a way that we can create a lot of blame that we think we're not doing enough, that if only we were doing this and this and this, and there's all these different practitioners. I'm one of them that's giving you so many tools and it can be really overwhelming. So I think um, maybe the best thing we can do for our health is to just give ourselves a break, to be on our own side, to come back to a feeling of self-compassion, of I'm doing my best. Because um, we have all the issues that we have, and then they're all compounded by that voice that says you're not enough or you're not doing enough. So find something simple that you can do that makes you feel good. And then when you don't do the 10 other things that you think you're supposed to do, bring in just a kind of compassion around that and say, like, I can only do what I can do. And I think that that compassion goes a really long way in lowering our stress because self-compassion does physiologically lower our stress. 
And when you lower your stress, your immune system <laughs> works better. Like everything works better. So just to come back to, sometimes it's enough to just say I'm enough. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being here. It's you've given so much insight and so much knowledge and a lot of great tips that I know are going to help people that are listening. And I especially, I especially enjoyed the two minute drop in. I mean, the two minute check in that you did. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.